This morning, we have a special treat. Every now and then, um, as I take a break and just sort of sit back and not preach, we'd like to bring somebody else to come and, and share, and we'd like to bring our missionaries in, those that we support. And somebody like, we got missionaries? Yes, we do. Um, if you look sometimes on our missions budget, you see the different missions that we support. And Children's Lantern is one of those missions. This morning, Adam's going to come on over here. This is Adam and his wife, Alyssa's here, and their kids uh, from Defiance, Ohio. And they're with Children's Lantern. And uh, many of you know them personally because of their ministry that they have with fostering and adopting children. And so this morning, uh, we're going to allow our missionaries, Children's Lantern, Adam, to share with us with what's going on in the ministry, how our finances help support what they're doing, and also to challenge us uh, from God's words. So, brother, uh, it's all yours. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I love coming to Wazian. That's why I brought my rope. Um, some of you guys need to lighten up. That was a joke. It was a joke, okay? Um, yeah, 2015 is over. Isn't that crazy? How many of you guys are so happy 2015 is over? All right, I, I felt that same way. One of the things that we had a, we had a tough 2015 year, and I want to talk to you a little bit, not, not about the ministry, but I want to talk to you guys a little bit about what's on my heart. Then I'll tell you a little bit about our ministry and Children's Lantern and all that business. But I really felt heavy and strong about what God wanted me to share. And uh, I've been sharing this a little bit now because of 2015 was a tough year for us um, personally. We had another adoption that happened in 2015, so now we're up to eight children. Kids coming out our eyeballs. Um, and it's crazy. Uh, it was actually funny because in 2014, I said, yeah, we have seven. We're good. We're, not, we're done. And Alyssa's like, hey, um, there's one more. I said, no, that, no, that's not going to happen. So in 2015, we adopted her, which was a really great thing because uh, basically Alyssa spoke God's word to me <clears throat> through her own voice, which was hard for me to hear. But anyway, um, in about August and September, I was having some physical problems, and we thought that I had cancer throughout my body. We went through some times where it was tough. Physically, mentally, it does a toll on you when your doctors say to you, uh, we think you might have cancer. And so I had to go in through a lot of testing, um, a lot of stuff, and it did some work on my spirit because I thought, I have to support my wife and eight children now. And it was tough on me. But I felt like through this, God taught me so much. He taught me things that I needed to know. And not only did I need to know, I needed to share it. So today I want to talk to you about being a loser. I want you to be a loser. I know that's weird. But I want you to be a loser. And, and here's the whole point of this. It says six times in, um, in the scriptures, in the gospels. And I'm not going to look them all up, but I want to read this to you. Anyone who loves their life on earth will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. Anyone who loves their life on earth will lose it. Anyone who loses their life for my sake will save it. Now, here's the thing, guy. And this is such, this was a big thing that, uh, that I learned. And uh, this was the first I heard was uh, Francis Chan did this. Okay, now that didn't work very well because one of my kids played with the rope. 
usually it can go all the way out. But I want you guys, and I don't know if you've ever seen this or not, this was a humongous uh, visual for me. Imagine this right here is your life, your existence. This is your existence, this rope. All right? But now imagine it goes on forever and an eternity. This, is, this rope is forever. This right here is the time you spend on this earth. I'll let that sink in for a second. This right here is the time you spend on this earth. This right here is the time you spend somewhere else. My physical body last year took a toll. And I said to myself, God, what am I doing? What can I do better to make this life more full for you? Because a lot of times we take this life right here and we work so hard for 30 years or 40 years. We work so hard for our piece of the pie so that for, for one or two or five or 10 years, we can really relax. We can really live. We can really have that life that we've always dreamed about. We work so hard. Sometimes we give up things, our, the people in our lives, so that we can have stuff or, or anything. We live for this. And that was something that I was so hurt by, that hurt me this year is that how many times do I find myself guilty of living for this little tiny bit? And I forget about this. I forget what has, what's in front of me. Because God says, if you decide that lose this part, this part right here is gonna be stinking cool. I don't, I just, I ad-libbed. The stinking cool part. Because I thought it was gonna be, I mean, it, it's huge. But when you're a loser, when you decide to lose this life, when you decide that I'm not going to do everything that I want to do so that I can have this little bit of time where I can rest or I can have this little bit of time um, enjoying. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't want us to enjoy life. He gave us life to enjoy. Am I correct? He gave us life to enjoy. But I also want you to know that he gave us life so that we can further his kingdom. That's why we're here. But when you're a loser, when you are truly a loser of your own life, you put your hope, your trust, everything in Jesus. You put your hope in Jesus. And when your hope is in Jesus, you put entire reliance on him. I heard Francis Chan also say this. He said, you know, I, I work um, at doing what God wants us to do. And if, and, if this, and if God ain't real, then this life, that was really a bad decision. But the truth is, God is, is God is covered, man. This is awesome. Because we make tough decisions. Now, I want to go on. And when we put our reliance on God, he will come through for us. Now, I want to go to the one of the best um, teachings of all time. If you have your Bible, can you turn to Matthew 5? I want to kind of read a little bit, and I want to talk to you a little bit. 
Now, I just, I'm going to, I'm kind of going to go back and forth. I, I coach football. I know a man that's this size and this loud, hard to believe that he coaches football. But I coach football, and uh, I love football. I love the kids that I'm dealing with. Um, we have several sayings that I talk to those kids about. And every, t- every practice, we get together before and after practice, and we sit in a huddle, and, and I tell them I'm going to take a knee, and I talk to them a little bit. Um, there's a couple of sayings that I want to bring up that I didn't come up with, but I, I've adopted them into our football program um, that we deal with. And it's fifth and sixth grade football. It's not a big deal. It's just teaching these kids how to be men and teaching these kids how to, uh, to learn a sport. Um, and it's basic football. It's not like, oh, we're going through all sorts of stuff. It's basic football. But what we really want is to teach these guys to be men. Um, but I, one of the things that I tell our kids, and it came from Dan Gable. Dan Gable was one of my mentors uh, when I was in wrestling. Uh, he was the head coach of Iowa, and he went to the Olympics. No one ever scored on him in the Olympics at wrestling. They didn't even score on him. Um, so he was a pretty big deal in the wrestling community. And one of the things that he said was, if you want to be the best, you have to outwork the best. And so I sit there in this, in this community of kids and we started talking. It's like, if you want to be the best, you have to outwork the best. You have to, if we want to be the best, we have to outwork the best. And then another guy that I really respect in the sporting community named Urban Meyer, I went and uh, talked to him and, 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 or had a, listened to him speak. And it was a really, uh, enlightening thing but one of the things that he said and I'm going to go into this a little bit further about how we as a community of believers are a team but one of the things that he said was so big to me he said remember and this is what he teaches his guys at Ohio State and I started teaching our guys he said remember we don't go to war because of the hatred of the people in front of us we go to war because we love the people beside us and behind us We go to war as a team to work together to change what's happening. See, guys, we're in a battle. When I talk about losing this life, we're in a battle at all times. We make decisions on a daily basis, and it's tough. Sometimes the decisions are tough, and God talks about it here in Matthew 5, 1 through 12, and I'm going to read through this. He talks about the decisions that you make on a daily basis are going to be tough decisions if it's for his work. It's not going to be easy. And this is what I taught my boys. I said, listen, you're going to make a decision, and you have to sacrifice. You have to be willing to sacrifice for the man beside you if you want to succeed as a team. When Jesus saw the crowds... He went up on a hill and sat down. His followers came to him, and he began to teach them, saying this. Now, I'm going to go on, but I want you to understand this. The first decision, the first decision, a lot of the people that were gathered together there didn't make the right decision. He saw all these crowds gathered, and what did he do? He's like, I'm going to walk up a mountain. He walked up this mountain. His followers followed him up the mountain. They took the decision and they said, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to go with you. And they made the tough decision. And because of that, they heard one of the greatest teachings of all time. 
Are you willing to be a loser? Are you willing to follow him to that extent? Climbing the mountain. And this is what he said. They are blessed who realize their spiritual poverty, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. They are blessed who grieve, for God will comfort them. They are blessed who are humble, for the whole earth will be theirs. They are blessed who hunger and thirst after justice, for they will be satisfied. They are blessed who show mercy to others, for God will show mercy to them. They are blessed whose thoughts are pure, and they will see God. They are blessed who work for peace, for they will be God's children. They are blessed who are persecuted for God for doing good. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. People will insult you, hurt you. They will lie and say all kinds of evil things about you because you follow me. But when they do, you will be blessed. Rejoice and be glad because you have a great reward waiting for you in heaven. People did the same evil things to the prophets who lived before you. There weren't a whole lot of good things that were like, God was like, oh yeah, you're blessed if your life sucks. I probably shouldn't have said sucks, should I? Sorry. Y'all need to lighten up a little bit. But he's like, you're blessed. Your life, you're going to be blessed. If you make the decisions for me, you're going to be blessed. Are they easy decisions? No. Most of these go against our human nature. Your human nature, they go against it. It's so amazing how he said, if you do this, if you make the decisions not based on what this is, you are blessed. And I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. All right. If we have, and I want to talk about a little bit more about our football team, our because, guys, I believe the, the community of believers that are around here and what we have, um, I heard, uh, I don't know, it, we were in the prayer meeting. I don't remember who said it, but uh, they were talking about Louis Giglio, right? Yeah. We were talking about Louis Giglio, and, and someone said, if he was a pastor in Wauseon, it'd be like 20 people, for real. I'm like, that's probably true, you know, but it was a joke. Come on, you guys got to laugh a little bit. But I was like, you know, it's so awesome to see the people of Northwest Ohio who are a team of believers and what can happen, what can change, what can be done. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Children's Lantern, but our football team, we, uh, we talked about fully being a team. Every man sacrificing for the person next to them, every man sacrificing for what the best of the team was. We had kids in positions that probably could have been great at other positions, but we had them there because they were best for the team in that position. We put, we had six of our kids go to the All-Stars and some of them didn't even start on the All-Stars. I think we had two starters on the All-Stars out of six of them that went. And here's the crazy thing. Our team went undefeated and we had one team score on us. Now, what does that say? It says we had no all-stars. We had a whole bunch of good players. Not great players, a bunch of good players. And these good players did what they had to do. They did the best to the best of their ability. And they sacrificed for the person next to them. 
because we they found out what was the most important thing in that game. And their job was the most important thing. All of us are called to a different job in this community of believers. If we all work together, we create a movement. A movement that moves in a way that zero can stop. There is nothing that can stop us. Nothing. And that's what I taught our, we taught our boys in a football game was if you all work together in a way that to make, create the movement and do your blocks and sustain your blocks until the end, there was nothing that could stop us. Nothing. We beat teams by 20 and 30 and 40 points with our backups in sometimes. And it wasn't because our team was awesome. It's because they decided at the beginning of the year that they were going to be a team. They decided to live for each other. They decided to become a brotherhood. They decided to not live for the one moment of glory that they might have. They decided to maybe let the person next to them have the glory to do the dirty job, to do the job that isn't always easy, to decide so that the they could win. And what I want to ask you is the job that God gave you, the job that God said, this is what I want you to do. Are you willing to say, I'm willing to give it all to do what God, you called me to do so that we win? What's a win? A changed life. Someone's life is changed forever. That's a win. A saved life. A kid who doesn't have to go hungry. Someone who's saved from trafficking. What is your job? And one of the things that Bill Belichick always says, and I, we kind of take some of our stuff, and I don't really like the Patriots at all. Um, but one of the things Bill Belichick says is, do your job. Do your job. Which means do it to the best of your ability. That's all I ask. I ask 100%. Do it to the best of your ability. And I got to tell you guys this, that when you're a loser, when you sacrifice, when you say, I will go, I will do, I will go into all the world, we're willing to take that and lift God up above us. Because the truth is, what this is right here, and a lot of times, it's just us being selfish, us believing that this is more important than this. And it's us forgetting. And this year was a, it was a huge eye-opener for me. Huge eye-opener for me. And I'll tell you this, guys. It gave me, it gave me clarity of how important every second is, every minute is. Because life can be taken in a heartbeat. It can be taken in the blink of an eye. It can be gone, and we don't know what happened. I thought to myself the other day, I said, I love having teenagers because loving, having teenagers makes me appreciate our baby. I, they're so little. Yeah, there's no other reason to like teenagers. But, you know, seeing them grow, seeing them be something is huge. But it so makes me appreciate the baby because I can never get our teenagers back to being a baby. 
I tried to hold one of them the other day like that. It's like 160 pounds, man. But it's so funny that we got to, we forget about that. Guys, every moment after that moment passed, you can't get that back. The only thing that's left is a memory. The only thing that's left is a memory. You woke up this morning, you cannot get that wake up back. The next day is coming. We don't have a lot of time. And when we're talking about our existence, and this is it, man. This is it, man. That is not a lot of time. Use it wisely. Use it in a way that God has called you to use it. And if it's not for Children's Lantern and it's not for this church specifically, then what has God called you to do? It may not be for this church specifically. It may not be for Children's Lantern. It may not be for any other organization. It might just be for your neighbor. The guy that lives next door to you. What are you going to do for God today, right now? And guys, our kids, we, you know, Children's Lantern, we're, we're really reliant on helping kids and helping helpless children. But the truth is, too, God's called you to your number one re- thing is your family. That's number one. My family keeps growing. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Where would that kid come from? Whose kid is that? Well, this is like, um, I'm like, wow. Anyway, don't take time lightly, guys. Don't take time lightly. I learned this over 2015. Kind of learned it the hard way and the stressful way, but I learned this over 2015. Don't take time lightly. You can't get it back. It is the most valuable substance on this earth is your time. You can spend it by trying to make as much money as possible. Yes, yes, you can. You can spend it trying to, I don't know, beat a video game, be the best athlete you can be. You can spend it trying to watch your show because it's so important to you. Guys, I'm not trying to hammer on you because this is something God has taught me over this last year because I was bashed in the head with it several times but saying, oh my gosh, how much time did I waste? I can't do that anymore. I can't live for this at all anymore. I have to decide every single day that I'm going to live for the entire eternity what God's called me to do. I want to tell you guys a little bit about what Children's Lantern's done or is doing um, because you guys have been just a huge part in what Children's Lantern has done and doing. And uh, I honestly believe that Children's Lantern is growing in spite of me. (laughs) You ever feel that way? It's like, oh, we're growing and doing great things in spite of me. Um, But it's true that Children's Lantern is not a me, it's not a Alyssa, it's not a us thing. It is a group of believers 
who are going together and changing the world. It is a group of people who said, not on my watch is this going to happen any longer in our world. And the truth is, we want to gather churches like this who have gotten beside us. We want to gather churches together and say, guys, come alongside. Let's change this planet for the better. Let's do what God's called us to do. And if we all do, we are an immovable force, a force to be reckoned with, a force that cannot be stopped. When we move together, go ahead and you can switch the slides. Ah, go ahead. That was from last another teaching. Sorry. As you guys know, we, we cover four areas, feeding kids, freeing sex slaves, foster care, and funding adoptions. Go ahead to the next one. Um, feeding, feeding kids. This is one of the meals that we did over Christmas of 2013. Uh, we did over two, 200 meals, just over 200 meals or 200 meals. We did 200 meals this last Christmas to where families got to feed and eat a meal for Christmas that would have been hungry. We uh, at Kids Against Hunger came in and we partnered with them. We had, I think a couple people from here came. I, yeah, I saw these guys. Um, over that couple of hours, we packaged 22,000 meals. That's awesome. That went to Haiti and support a ministry that we work with down there. Um, but guys, one in seven households in America is food insecure. They don't know where their next meal might come from. Um, and that's even bigger internationally. Internationally, guys, there is starvation. Um, Alyssa and I, we've traveled a little bit um, internationally, and when you see starving people, it is a hard thing to see. And I tell you, if you guys ever want to, we do missions trips now, and we're kind of changing the feeding area into missions. Um, but we do missions trips internationally now, and we take people with us. We're going to Mexico here in a couple of months. But if you ever want your life and God to talk to you and work through you, mission is, is huge. And we're doing short missions trips to where you can see and work with kids and people that will change your heart forever. Because you can't say, I don't know now. You can't stand before God one day and say, I never knew. I didn't know. Because it changes you. Go ahead to the next one. Um, freeing sex slaves. Over 100,000 children and young women are being trafficked in America today. We have provided rehabilitating items and temporary housing for traffic victims. We are working right now, and uh, we've, we've housed our first, um, first young ladies and helped them get housing so that they can rehabilitate. Uh, we have a lot of this happens in Northwest Ohio, guys. I hate to tell you. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but trafficking is a humongous thing. And it's not just sex trafficking, it's labor trafficking. It's actually about 60-40 here in Ohio. There is still labor trafficking in, Ohio, in, in America. Okay? We had 1,149 um, victims that we helped, we along with the coalitions of Ohio, have helped um, rescue and restore last year in Ohio. The big city. Over a thousand victims who have been trafficked. That's just Ohio that we're working with. Go ahead to the next one. Foster care. I know that um, I actually trained for Adriel, and I know a couple of families um, 
come here, they, they've had me train them. And uh, it's, you think that 30 minutes here is a trip? Try 12 hours with me sitting here talking at you. It's fun, though. We have a good time. It's a little wild. And then when I start losing it, it gets real wild. Trust me. Um, 463,000 children live in foster care. And foster care, guys, is, is uh, something that we believe strongly in. We've adopted our children through foster care. Um, and it, it's a tough, tough thing. If you guys want more information on foster care, I can give you that. Uh, but what we do is we help kids with uh, clothing, bedding, and other rehabilitating items. Um, hundreds of foster children around this area. We help foster parents who need things. Um, we want to help them do their job better. We want to help those parents because, guys, trust me when I say this, um, we're, we're actually working on and have talked about building a curriculum for churches uh, to help them work with foster kids in their children's ministries. Because I am telling you right now, you think foster parents don't know what they're doing because there's so much crap that hits the fan? Churches are already there. They're like, uh, we don't know how to handle these kids. They're not, it's not a normal situation. They don't know how to handle these kids. And we want to help them grow that. Uh, go ahead to the next one. Funding adoptions. We've uh, assisted 19 families to 21 adoptions. That's actually wrong. It is now 26 families that we are up to. Um, we've partnered with, we're partnered with six or seven right now, six. Uh, we just had a couple people come back from uh, overseas and have kids in their possession. And um, it's not a trafficking situation. We've checked them out. Um, <laughs> this is our first adoption that we helped. Isn't he cute? That kid's got the biggest head i ever seen, man. I'm sorry. He's a cutie, though. All right. We're currently, oh, partnered with seven more families in the process. All right. Go ahead to the next one. Guys, like I said before, it's not about me. It's not about Alyssa. I think that this ministry is in spite of us. But truth is, God has called a group of people to change our world and help kids. We want to invite you, if you are not involved, invite you to get involved. And if it's not with us, then get involved with this church heavier. And if it's not with the church, where's it going to be? Find a place to get your butt involved with what God wants you to do. It's so vital. Because the truth is, we have to stand and pound our fist and say, not on our watch. Because what happens when we stand there and God's like, what'd you do? How'd you, did you listen? You know, he knows the answer. You ever stand there and interrogate your kids and you know the answer? You're like, what'd you do that for? But, uh, and they're trying to think of the right answer. It's like, you know what's going on. The truth is God loves you. He's not looking to flick you. That would really hurt. But God loves you, just like we love our kids. I know the answer. I love my kid, though. I'm going to get mad at him. I'm going to probably yell a lot. I'm a yeller. They call me old yeller. <laughs> but we have to stand and say, not on my watch. Oh, we can't stand and say, this is so sad. Not on my watch. Go ahead. There are 10 things that you can do right now 
These are those 10 things. Go to God. Get smart. Guys, don't, I'm telling you this. There are, there are jobs that all of us do have, but every one of us can pray. You are called to pray. Every one of us can pray. There are jobs that we have in the, community, or in the, in the body of Christ, but every single one of us is called to prayer for something. We need your prayer. We need your prayer. Get smart. Get social. Give generally. Um, give specifically if you want to give specifically to help someone. Uh, be there. Encourage someone with your words. I tell you this. Um, it's just like I talked about the church uh, helping with the curriculum so that they know how to handle kids. Guys, foster kids, um, foster care parents, uh, adoptive parents, kid, people who have been rescued from trafficking, they need you. Your job might not be fostering. Your job might not be adopting, but they need you to step up and do your job in the body of Christ. If you just are an adoptive grandpa, so be it. Does that mean you have to be grandpa age to be a grandpa? No, it doesn't. Maybe you were adopted grandma. Maybe you're just there to support somebody. I'll watch your kids while you go. People, we are living in a tough time. Everybody do their job. We are working together. We're an unstoppable force. Be a loser. I'm sorry, I gotta keep saying that. Be a loser. Become a human billboard. Become an advocate. Become aware know what's going on, and be passionate. Go ahead to the next one. Um, these are things that we are going, where we are going, and uh, what we're doing. We've already started every one of these programs, but we are building them, and we're working through building them. Uh, trafficking victim transitional housing. Uh, we've, Like I said, we've already worked on housing our first couple of young ladies. Long-term partnering with adoptive families. Um, we have seven that we're partnered with now. It used to be just an adoptive grant that we would give. Now we partner with them and go through the entire process with them to help them through it. Um, and then after they adopt, we help them in any ways that they need help, the mentorship. Mentorship program for foster children and um, at-risk children and traffic victims. And a mentorship program for foster families uh, that we've started in case if there's a foster family who's new, they can get a mentor that will help them through it. So. Go ahead to the next one. Uh, guys, we can't do everything on our own, but you can do something, and if all of us work together to do something, we can change our world. We can change our world. All right, and the last slide, peace out. <laughs> guys, I just I want to reiterate to you, God's called you. He's called you by name. By name, he knows who you are and what you're capable of. And your capabilities in the body of Christ are so much greater than in this community and in this just regular world. Your capabilities in the body of Christ, you were called for something specific, not to live for this a little bit. But when you live for God and, and grow those capabilities, this is going to be an amazing thing. Because you were called. Be the loser that you're supposed to be. Be the loser that you're supposed to be. And when you are, we are winners in the end. We are winners in the end. All right. Uh, let's pray. And I believe the band is going to come back up and share a song with us. Uh, but let's pray.
God, I just thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to serve you in a better way, to be the best us we can be for you, God. I don't want to be just a normal run-of-the-mill Joe that's trying to get his, his piece of the pie. God, we want to be together and moving so that we can change your world. We can change this world for you. We love you so much. Thank you so much for being an awesome God and giving us life. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen.